but then they move you into one of the pushing rooms. <laughs> Come on, love, you'll have to go to the pushing room. Come on. Whoa, Come. you can't give birth in here. This isn't a pushing room. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that in here. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, 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 I'll have to get the mop out for this, love. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a 30-something with a four-year-old stepdaughter and a pregnant fiancé. And I'm Daniel. I'm a 30-something and I've had kids for a while, ranging from toddlers to teens. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, hello wherever you're listening. Welcome back to another episode of Ramblings of Dad Men. I'm Dan, and once again, as always, joined by Matt. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you. I thought you was going to go into a bit of the Truman Show uh, on your intro then. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I can't remember it. Yeah. Good okay. morning, and if I don't see you later... Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I think that's it. Something like that, isn't it? And apologies to any American that is listening and has just witnessed Matthew's accent. I'd just like to point out that Jim Carrey is Canadian. Is it? Yeah, did you not know that? Today I learned. No. Oh, right. Wow. Okay. That is clearly not how you do a Canadian accent either. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What have you been up to this week? Honestly, we've had a bit of a, 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 a quiet week. Second week at, at my job is going going all right. I'm starting to learn a little bit more. Yeah, pretty good. And that's really about it. We've kind of locked ourselves in thinking at some point we're going to have a baby in the next seven days. So we're just trying to be as careful as we can, staying away from people just to... <laughs> Yeah, precautions. No, I get the it. The yeah. thing that I want to do is is end up having to isolate and then missing missing the birth of the baby, obviously. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've we've had a bit of a, a quiet week. Becky has started her first proper week of maternity leave. She is absolutely loving it. <laughs> Although on Wednesday this week or Thursday, maybe yeah, sorry, on Thursday this week, Flossie was up throughout the night. With a temperature and a cough, and we thought, oh fuck, this is it. <laughs> she was off school on on the Thursday. She wasn't feeling too well. She had a had not so much sleep. And anyway, after about a couple of hours, the penny finally drops that she had the flu vaccine the day before. It was just the side effects from that, and we didn't even realise to be fair. So a little bit of worrying, thinking, oh Christ, what are we gonna do? But yeah all good she's been off to see her auntie over in leeds this week with her nan and great grandma uh, or great nan so we've just had a bit of a chilling chill week i know we're going to talk about this slightly later but our christmas tree is up Ooh. how's your week been equally as boring by the sounds of it <laughs> um up until the weekend but this weekend we've done our first festive activity We've been to the Christmas markets in Manchester. Ooh. The Christmas markets in, in Manchester is a bit of a tradition for us northerners, I guess. Now, anyway, you yeah. usually have to go at least once, don't you? Yeah, and you have to sample one of everything. So you've got to have a bratwurst, you've got to have mulled wine. The pork and apple bun and the alcoholic like hot chocolate for me. Yeah. They've moved it off the town hall this year, is it? This is this is the first year I haven't lived in Manchester for a long time, and yeah, I believe it's all moved now, isn't it? It has and it hasn't. So they've still got some at 
Sentan Square. Mm-hmm. But they've moved all of the food area over to Piccadilly Gardens now. But all the rest of the stalls are still down the side streets. It was probably the busiest I've ever seen it. I can imagine. It was really good. And we did what every good parent, free of their responsibilities, did. And we drank way too much. <laughs> and, and I've paid for it today. Just me. Beck's been perfectly fine. It's usually the other way around. I think it may have been because we went to a, a bar at the very end and I decided I'd order a cheeky whiskey alongside my pint. Ooh, it's never a good idea. It was at the time. I mean, at that point, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's have a whiskey. Ooh. But other than that, that's about it, really. Not really done too much today. We've, we've lounged, we've recovered. Watched a couple of Christmas films. Obviously, it's building up to that period now, getting very festive. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. How have you, um, how have you been on Netflix Watch this week? Well, so I've, I've watched The Tiger King. I'm going to say it's Tiger King 1.5, and I'm going to rebadge it, and that's my review. Okay. It, it's good. It's worth a watch. But it's just an extension of the first Tiger King. And, I'm, you know, I, I weren't going into this expecting that another guy had started, you know, they found another Joe Exotic and, <laughs> you know, they, they started following a different Tiger King. I, I knew the whole guys that it was an extension of it, but it did just sort of straight follow on. And it felt as though they used bits that they perhaps didn't use in the first series, but then there were a few advancements into that. And a lot of the stuff that's been publicising in the news, so talking about you know, when they went to Trump to try and get a presidential pardon, that's included in the... Yeah, yeah, that um, was fast, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but there's little bits and pieces that I didn't know, and it's good, but it is definitely just a, a Tiger King 1.5, and it leaves it very open at the end to, to continue and, and have a Tiger King 1.75. Did they find Carol Baskin's husband? That's all I care about. I'm not going to give it away. I can't tell you that. There is an episode that is purely dedicated to him, though. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's some new stuff. It's not new. And again, this is where the I think they pulled bits that they could have used in the first series. Like, they've seen that this is a cash cow, so they're just using old, edited documentation. Yeah, Yeah. And, and they've made an episode about him, focusing on sort of his history and stuff like that, just to sort of put a different spin on it. No, it's worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Well, I've got no recommendations for you this week. We've been equally as boring when it comes to watching the TV. We've not really watched it. Apart from on Friday, we, we tend to watch like a bit of a film. We watched the new Marvel film, Something in the Ten Rings. Yeah, is it any good? Yeah. It's worth a watch. Yeah, it's a lot better. It's one of them that should probably have been in the cinemas, that you should watch in the cinema. It's a slow start, uh, but after about 15 minutes, yeah, it's good. I have heard similar reviews that it's better than The Eternals. It's got lots of really good action scenes in it. Other than that, it's just another Marvel film. Yeah. It's set it for something else. It's set up for a sequel or some sort of Avenger retype movie because someone comes in at the end. But is that a surprise with I, any Marvel yeah. film? They've got it down to a T, haven't they? The post-credit scenes now. Yeah. Makes me second guess every film. Like I'll watch every film now, even if it's not Marvel, just to see if there's anything after the credits. In the cinema, the lights always give it away. If they never put the lights above the credits, you have to stay. 
we watched I, see, I, I just feel like that's open to abuse, though. Like, if I worked in a cinema, I deliberately would not turn the lights on just to make people watch through the credits. Yeah, yeah. But that's because you're a bellend. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the small oh, things in life. It is. Did you, um, have, have you watched any more Vikings, or did you watch the Bob Burnham special? I watched the Bob Burnham special. That was epic. I managed to convince Becky to watch it on a lonely weeknight till late at night i mean <laughs> it really puts the album into context doesn't it it's like yeah it's quite a powerful watch at the same time isn't it it's like from a personal experience who spent lockdown or some of lockdown on his own it was quite close to the bone at some point everybody would have felt like that at, and yeah it was just I, I, I just feel like i want to give him a hug to be honest with you <laughs> It is good. It is good. I did like it. Yeah, it's good. The the premise of it, the the story behind it, it's really clever how he's done it. And I was explaining to Becky that he'd kind of disappeared off the earth for years and years, didn't he? Yeah. And all because of like mental health. And yeah, it's good to see him back, I guess. So I watched that, and yes, we um, are powering through Vikings. The last episode that we have watched is when Ragnar comes back from Mercia and I, I try not to give any spoilers but once again we are talking about something that's eight years old they have a toast does that make sense they have a toast in the castle yeah that's, yeah. yeah that's where we're up to the, is, that the third, is that the third series we're yeah. in the third series yeah the guy um I can't remember what the guy's name is but the guy that was in Iron Man 3 is in it now he's kind of a, a wanderer and he's keeps healing the little baby so he's in and around and the the guys of the the two little boys have just uh, were saved from the ice so that's where we're up to he's a bit of a weird addition in that i know you're on about i can't think of the guy's actual name mm. but I'm, I'm pretty sure he sort of i don't want to spoil it for you but i don't think he, he sort of he's not in it beyond the series from what i remember oh right okay it's we, just a bit part. I don't know. It's a bit weird. I mean, that kind of surprise me because he's quite a famous actor, isn't he? So I, I would imagine that he was only done some sort of cameo before he went onto something else. But it does seem like the storyline is there for him to to get involved. It's just a bit bit of a weird one. How are we doing for Podmin? Well, I've got one. So last week we were talking about skin to skin. Beck tells me that she did have skin to skin. I do remember this, but it wasn't like a full-on skin-to-skin experience. She wasn't laid there like as Mother Nature intended and the baby was placed on top. It was more just like Georgia was placed sort of on her chest. There was an element of it, but I, is that really skin-to-skin? She said, yeah, I say maybe. So another podman will be coming next week where I will clarify that that was actually skin-to-skin and I'm talking out my dick. But yeah, that, that was it. That was just a little tidy correction. I've got a couple of a couple of little ones off two people this week. One from Becky, who would like to point out that last week in my recommendations, I said that um, bald and bankrupt speaks Russian and Hindi. <laughs> Is that Russian and Hindi? Like she's like, I'm a bit of bigger bald fan than you because it's Russian and Hindi. So I had to point that out. I don't suppose you watched that, did you? 
I had a quick look around. I didn't watch his videos, but I, I did look at the channel and I did see the extent of some of his videos. I do plan on watching it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, he's massive. It's massive. Like it's ridiculous, but it's so it's uh, it's the only thing that I've got like subscribed and notified on. And then she also wants me to apologise for always making a sound like a the and and this is in capitals because she texts me this. Sound like the biggest, most controlling cow ever. The irony in that statement. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, but no, he's not controlling. I think this was in, in reference to um, the hair, haircut where I said, well, Becky would never let me spend 50 quid on a haircut. And no, but that's just common sense. And yeah. I don't think that that's not controlling at all. That's just calling you a bell end for spending 50 quid on something that should cost five times less. Yeah. So I apologise if that's how I make her out to be. That that is not my intention, but there is a bit of you know poetic justice. <laughs> yeah. Well. I also have another podmin from another Becky. Hello, Becky. Who a couple of weeks ago I mentioned that you you may have remember you called her a vampire. Yeah. I, apparently she just says podmin. It was March. I think that was relating to when. Um, her son was born, and I think she's just reaff- reassuring me that I was right. But yeah, so that was that was nice and easy. That to be fair. Yeah. Okay. So this week we are thirty-eight weeks. We are almost there. She's well and truly cooking, and and we'll get into it a bit later. But Becky is, I, I think, a bit sick of the pregnancy now. <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest with you, I think she's done. So the baby is as big as a rhubarb. Or a bowling pin. Hopefully not as big wide wide ones as well. That's quite small. So she should be seven pounds. Obviously, we know baby's a little bit small. So we're going to find out that on Thursday, how big she actually is. And then equally, a decision to be made of whether she's going to come out next weekend, which I think is the preferred option, or whether they leave her in again. Um, I think I think Becky's praying for the induction now. To be honest with you, she's uh, yeah, she's not a, she's not a comfortable bunny at the minute. <laughs> Which I sort of get. She's going to be feeling a lot of the adverse effects now, and, and she's going to be tired of it. Actually, one of the things that I want to want to talk about is is actually some advice from her point of view as well. She's actually asked for some advice this week. So one of the things she wants to talk about is. Did Beck ever have like practice contractions? So she's had something called Braxton Hicks, which is yes. basically f- fake contractions to try and get your your body through through it. However, she's almost not convinced, but there's almost signs that um she's going through something called fake labour or slow labour. Have you ever heard of this? It's not slow labour. It's where actually a body is actually getting used to it. And it's almost like she's going into labour at night. So for the past three days, she's woke up thinking she's having contractions, but then nothing's happening for it. She like she she woke up the other night and said, "Oh, this is exciting! It's finally happening! It's finally happening!" She went back to bed trying to get some sleep, and then nothing happened. Yes, so, to, to be fair, that's my understanding of Braxton Hicks. Anyway, it's not just the contractions; it's the whole process of it. So I think that I'll I'll bring you a pod min, but I'm ninety five percent sure that Beck did experience some Braxton Hicks. Really? So I just passed it off. 
I know it can sort of go on for, for days, a couple of days. Sometimes people don't get it at all. Some people get it just once. Yeah, she did She did have that. I think it's, it's good because it shows that your body's not far off, you know, the actual final process, really. One of the things, again, that she wanted to know, um, and, and me as well, is that... Is everything going to be all right? No, it's not. <laughs> your life is about to change forever. <laughs> and... You can't stick it in for six months. <laughs> you wish. Yeah. <laughs> Kid is for life, not just for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was talking about the other thing. All right. Yeah. You can't stick it in for six months. Never mind. Yeah. So, so one of, I'm, I'm getting to. The, obviously, this is my, my first time, but I'm really getting to like quite nervous territory. One week out, how did you cope with it? How did you like talk me through? Like, I know that you've got to be there and you've got to be, you know, the supportive punch bag, for want of a better word, because that's what it feels like. How did you know it was time to pack the car and get to the hospital? It's a good question, to be fair. I suppose my overarching advice is you've got to be a rock, like a mental rock throughout this. If Becky's panicking, you've got to be the guy with your feet on the ground, calm as piss, regardless of what's going on. The whole world could be melting down, but you've got to be calm. And, and walking, not running. Sorry. The irony is that this year the old well is kind of melting down. <laughs> yeah. So the, the big piece of advice is you, you, regardless of what it is, you've got to be in complete control of everything. Even if Becky is still in control of her emotions and everything, you know, if she starts panicking or whatever, you've still got to be sane and responsible. So that that's the big bit of advice. But what did we do in the week building up to it was pretty much, I suppose, what you're doing now, just lots of hot curries, lots of walking, lots of things to try and start that process off and not speed up Mother Nature, but, you know, just encourage it a little bit. But how did we know when to go in? So Beck got up at five o'clock in the morning and the midwives didn't believe her, but her contractions were as strong at 5 a.m. as they were when she was ready to push. So wow. that's it. Yeah, that started at 5 a.m. She woke me up and said, I, I think I'm having some contractions. I was like, right, well, do we need to go? She went, no, no, it's okay. I'm just going to go downstairs and see how it progresses. I don't feel like I need to go in just yet. So Beck knew. And then she went downstairs. She sat on the bouncy ball thing and did a bit of bouncing on that. She had something to eat. And she was calm. I got another half hour sleep or something. We rang up the, the hospital, just sort of prepped them, like I knew what was going on. And they said, yeah, no, 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 you won't be having contractions that strong yet. <laughs> She's not lying. She's <clears throat> in my fucking hand. And then they just said, well, the best thing we can advise is just have a hot bath, see if that sort of helps things along a little bit. And then if it gets unbearable, make your way in. Get a hot bath. And then we sort of, about mid-morning, I'd say half 10, 11, made our way up to the hospital. They examined her. Said confirmed that she wasn't bullshitting, that she was having very strong contractions, but then still wouldn't admit her. So she had to have another hot bath at the hospital. But then they kept her in pretty much from that point onwards. And she was admitted later in that day and then she gave birth that night. I was just going to say that was still 12, 14 hours maybe at hospital, wasn't it? Because I remember it being quite early in the morning that it happened. Yeah, it was one o'clock in the morning or just before one the following day. So really, if you want to think about it, she went through 20 hours worth of contractions. Wow. Of, you know, what she tells me is the strongest contractions that she's ever felt, and they were just that painful all the way through. 
imagine you know this person that you love and care about is is you know, mentally and physically drained from carrying this baby around for nine months to then go through that amount of pain continuous for 20 hours <laughs> at the very end of that she was physically drained in every aspect yeah to the point where which was really funny and she won't mind me telling you about this story but she had an episiotomy and there was a doctor there and you, you know to sort of help uh, georgia out i have a little suction cup on her head no fucking corkscrew <laughs> and the doctor could feel when Beck was having contractions and as she felt the contraction she was getting it to push because then she needed to, to pull at the same time she had a contraction the doctor said right okay push and Beck just made the noise a groan as though she was pushing <laughs> the, the doctor proper had a go at her she was like okay stop you're not pushing I need you to push she went I am she went I can feel you are not pushing <laughs> so Beck had to she opened up and she went I'm just tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was funny. Like she tried faking pushing her doctor. I mean, the problem is, is that I can absolutely imagine that she must have been exhausted. But yeah. the last thing, I mean, if a doctor's got, got their hands up there or anything, they're going to feel the muscles, aren't they? Or they're going to feel something. But I mean, yeah. I don't think they could do anything for 20 hours. That That's that's a difficult thing of it, isn't it? It's, I reckon you could sleep for 20 hours. I think after your stag team, I slept for 20 hours. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, that was, yeah, that was definitely, I think I got dropped off and I had to walk a little bit, but I think I went to bed straight away and I didn't wake up until I went to McDonald's and then I went to bed again. <laughs> I genuinely, I do think oh, you need to prepare yourself for labour mentally for what's coming. Like, back in the day, blokes didn't go in the room. And I genuinely, I, I have a theory that the first man that did go in the room back in the 70s used what he saw, like the sounds, the smells, all the actions, as the basis for the film Exorcist. Wow. Take a cross, take some some holy water and a Bible. Just don't go <laughs> dressed as a priest. <laughs> yeah. The hospital bag is in the car. It's done. We did have a look at the COVID restrictions as well, so... If the likelihood is that we're in hospital next week, I can go and visit Becky when she first gets admitted for an hour and a half. And I can only return when she's four centimetres dilated. And that's when they'll like officially book her in and go move her to like delivery suites and stuff. Is that is that what it is? Is that like yeah. the, it's four yeah. centimetres like there? It goes up to 10, which, you know, if you measure 10 centimetres, oh, that's fucking wide. But <laughs> that was that was Beck's problem. So she went in and she wasn't quite up to four centimetres. So she went and had a bath and that sort of loosens everything up. And then when they re-examined it, they went, yeah, you're four centimetres now. We can officially admit you in. That's when they booked her onto a ward. It wasn't until she got to 10 centimetres. But then they move you into one of the pushing rooms. <laughs> Come on, love, you'll have to go to the pushing room. Come on. Whoa, you can't give birth in here. This isn't a pushing room. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that in here. You don't what fucking think about doing it in the car park either. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll have to get the mop out for this. <laughs> well, it's raining. It's okay. <laughs> well, quick update before we go into some actual content. So a couple of weeks back for context, you were given a task to go and feel what Becky feels. And wear a couple of melons under your shirt for a day. 
You didn't do it. You you failed the task. I can see I did not do the challenge. So I did put a message out on social media asking for our followers, our friends, our family, everyone we know to sort of put some suggestions out there. And we had a couple of suggestions, one of which I absolutely love. Okay. Somebody we know does have one of the TENS machines, which are used to stimulate the muscles and simulate pregnancy. So the suggestion was that we hook you up to said machine and make you feel childbirth, or at least the pains. So this is the forfeit. We will make this happen. I don't know when. I don't know how. We'll give you an update as and when we do, and there will be a video that does go onto our social media. Okay. And I will make it my life's mission to make it happen as soon as possible. I may even marry up the amount of time you have to wear said machine to however long Becky is in pregnant in labour for. <laughs> That's actually quite funny. So you better hope for a quick labour. I'm just going to say I hope it falls out. <laughs> on, baby. Okay, that's fair enough. I am up for that. Thank you to the terrible person who's <laughs> made that idea. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> so I think this week we should put a bit of a festive spin on, on one of our topics. One of the things that we did when we moved in was we implemented our own Christmas traditions. So obviously we, I had Christmas traditions when I was growing up with my family. Beck had her own with her family. But then when we sort of bought our own house and moved in, we decided that we would implement some of our own. Obviously, you know, you mentioned you put your Christmas tree up and you're obviously going through this transitional phase now of starting your own family. Have you at this point sort of got any anything that you can class as a tradition? Not so much. As, well, yes. Right. OK, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I've done. This is something that I've kind of passed on to Fossey from something that I remember when I was younger. And I swear to anyone in the world, this sounds ridiculous. Is it a cinema in the toilets of Ikea? (laughs) No, no, it's it's (laughs) almost worse. But I honestly believe this for many years and I was so obsessed with it. So I've kind of passed this on a couple of weeks ago. So... A lot of the people that listen to us will probably know what I'm talking about being being Northerners and especially from from people from Wigan and Bolton that may know what I'm talking about. I just want to set the scene. Obviously, we've discussed before that our little town is surrounded by hills and we have a couple of famous hills. We've got we've got Parbold Hill and probably one of the most famous ones is is Winter Hill, Rivington, Rivington Hill, famous for a plane crash that happens years ago i don't know if anyone ever knows about that i i did not know about that yeah it was it was a while ago but but it happened but on winter hill there is a huge telephone mast correct is it a telephone mast or is it a tv mast tv mast sorry yeah so the tv mast ha- at night time has red lights from what i assume is an airplane kind of like warning to say that so so those red lights go you know there's six or seven of them and there's a couple of hundred feet in the air when i was younger i was always told that those were father christmas's elves watching (laughs) that all the little boys and girls (laughs) for christmas 
and they were reporting back. So with it being darker now, it's really visible. It's visible for miles around. And and I said that to Flossie, that that's what these are. These are elves watching you, and they're checking to see if you were good for Father Christmas. And she is obsessed with it. <laughs> like, like, at any point you say, the elves are there. And, and, and it came to the point where Becky was driving with her on the motorway. We just get off the motorway. And at the top of the motorway, you can see the hills straight away. And she screamed at the to- top of the mouth, Elves, the elves are there! The elves are there! Becky absolutely shit herself. She really went to the <laughs> well, She said, what are you talking about? And then she was like, oh, yeah, Matt's showing you that, and me. <laughs> so it's not so much a Christmas tradition per se, but just like a little story that, that we've passed on, and, and probably that was passed on from... From from other people, and it sounds really stupid, but she's she's really like embracing the dream, I guess. We do something similar, okay. Uh, only our elves look through motion sensors on the alarm system. Yeah, I know where you go. I know where you're going from the little red light. So, yes, like. when the light is red, Santa and his elves are watching you, and they're making to they're watching to see if you've eaten your tea and see if you've been a good girl or a good boy and they are making notes and then that will be reflected in your Christmas present. <laughs> that will be reflected at the end of year report. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 that's that's one of our our Christmas is going to be a little bit different this year because um Flossie's going to speak the spend the week with her dad. We're not going to have her this week this year, which is, you know, it, it's all fair, it's all fine, but it's going to be a bit of a quiet one, I guess. Obviously, we're going to make up for it the week after. You said quiet. You'll have a newborn. There's no quietness with your newborn children. <laughs> My point is, she won't understand Christmas, and probably not for a couple of years yet, will she? So. No, uh, but you, you, that gives you, you know, that opens it up, though, for you to make your own little Christmas traditions. So some of the ones that we do, you can make your own. But that's what we did. So we, you know, obviously we watch Christmas films every year. Everybody does that. But you'd see that as a bit of a tradition. You know, we traditionally, every year, we go to the Christmas markets. So that's a bit of a thing. Because like, we'll be going next weekend, we're going to go to Bent's Garden Centre. Oh, yeah. I do like Bent's Garden Centre. Yeah, because they, they, for Christmas, it is amazing. It's all dressed up, all of the little things, the decorations, the stuff that you can buy. But we make that into sort of, as shit as this sounds, an annual trip for, for the family because it is it's like a full day out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I went last year. I'm sure I might. We we might not have to be fair, but I remember going in the past, and um, there's almost like a little Christmas markets yard at Bent's. I don't know if yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. Was the, that was the same. And anyone that isn't from Wigan, Bent's is a massive garden centre that um, really goes all out. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. The whole ground floor becomes like a Christmas extravaganza. It, it's almost like a big shopping centre. Other things we do, like we every Christmas Eve we try and go out for a family meal, like sort of marking the start of that Christmas break, Christmas holiday on on a Christmas morning. And this is where things changed, and and where you've got potentially you know you can you and Becky can draw on what you used to do previously and put your own spin on it. Beck, growing up, she used to have a sausage sandwich every morning after she'd opened a present. But when we sort of moved in, we decided that we'd always listen to. Sorry for saying so, but Michael Bublé's Christmas album. 
All right, okay. Um, while we're opening presents, so that has to play on repeat while we're opening presents, and we always have a cheeky books fizz whilst we're opening presents. So that's sort of our little traditions and little things like that. You know, buying that bottle of books fizz, it just sort of gets you in the mood and yeah, builds it up to it. One of the tr- traditions when I was young was maybe a similar kind of thing. So we didn't used to. We didn't used to open presents first thing, but we would always have a bacon butty and a a cheeky glass of book fizz when I was like fourteen or fifteen. When yeah. when I like know a, a little bit more and you know it wasn't wasn't as bad. And, and going into adulthood, you know, still still a bacon butty and a a book's fizz, and then we'd open the presents. So yeah, I can see that one. And just to clarify, the book's fizz is just for me and Beck. <laughs> We don't offer that out to the kids yet. They're not left out. They'll have a champagne flute with fresh orange or orange yeah. juice or something like that. I'd say I'd tell you what one of the things that we used to do when I was younger. And I guess it's the same kind of thing as a Christmas Eve box, but we were all we were all, we were allowed to open one small present mm. on Christmas Eve. Ah. But did you pick the present or was did, did your parents sort of say, um, yeah, you, you can open this one? Did they direct think- you? We kind of, we were kind of directed in a, we, we, we were kind of, it was like a forced choice, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, we got to choose, but we got to choose out of a very limited amount. <laughs> you can have this set of pyjamas or these socks, either which way you're sleeping in them tonight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was our, our little traditions. And then, and I always remember, and, and they still, I'm sure my mum still has this same glass plate. Just as you walk into the living room and it, it's it's segmented up and there's always nuts and quality straight in there. Everyone's got one of them, I guess. But that plate, glass plate must be like 65,000 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and it only ever comes out at Christmas just for salted nuts and quality straight. Yeah, we've got a bowl that has quality street and things like that in that's festive that only comes out. It gets put away with the Christmas decorations. Yeah. So we're going to be putting, we're going to Spence next weekend and we're going to be putting that Christmas tree up and it will come out then. And I will be savaging an entire bowl of chocolates as soon as it's out. <laughs> what we did after we put the Christmas tree up, which which Becky will rearrange all the decorations tomorrow while she's off, um, I have no doubt because cause, um, let's just say Becky was project managing from the, uh, from the couch today because she's she's so pregnant. <laughs> it's a shame on her to be fair and me and bossy were uh were putting the the christmas tree decorations up but we we won't live up to her standards did and she in- give you the, the the old sympathetic approval oh yeah well well done yeah, yeah. you Rare. did guys you did well and and to be fair Flossie did most of the work and she's done a really good job but she just needs to rearrange a few things like don't, don't like, be blaming Flossie because <laughs> you know for your shoddy work my point is, afterwards, we made cornflake cakes. Well, I didn't. Becky and Fossey made cornflake cakes. And, you know, that was that's quite nice. That might become a tradition. You never yeah. know. Like, exactly. <laughs> little things like that. You do it a couple of years and it becomes a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you mentioned then, that Christmas Eve box. I'm not going to even take a shred of credit for this. Beck does it every year. You know, she's got boxes. Um, you know, special Christmas Eve boxes that she makes up for, for the kids and she'll put pyjamas in there and a nice little lot of chocolate and, you know, just, just stuff for that evening. It's all about the kids, so you want to make it special for them. So you go out your way to do everything you can. 
how are you on a I suppose you're you're a little bit different to me because your your family are quite close together but how are you on 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 travel so from my point of view and and in fairness last year as well what we did is um Christmas day was always about trying to see immediate family you know going to my mum's in the morning going to her mum's in the afternoon and stuff like that but then Boxing Day was all about going visiting wider family, or last year in this case was going to see a dad for a couple of days for a few days down in Wales. Like, how how were you on that? How did you split up your time be- between families? I guess. Like Beck's got a couple, two brothers. You know, they've got families as well. We tend to sort of sometimes do an exchange of presents for the children before the day, so the kids have got them to open on Christmas morning. Yeah. But through the rest of the day, we will, we sort of alternate. So one year we'll have, you know, tea with my parents, a Christmas Christmas dinner with my parents, and then one year we'll have it with Beck's parents. It's quite fluid, really. So we'll, say, for example, this year, we're going to have Christmas dinner with uh, Beck's parents. So uh, mid-morning, and what we did, the last time we did this was we bought brunch, or, you know, a bunch of pastries and all that fun stuff, and had my parents round. And we did brunch at our house. So we saw my parents and they were able to give their presents uh, to the children, see them opening it, experience that. And then they went and had Christmas dinner with some of their friends. We had Christmas dinner with Beck's parents. And then at night time, we tend to all sort of meet up again as a big family and all of the extended families all come together. And it's really good. We did it a couple of years ago. And there was a karaoke machine involved and everyone who attended outright says that it was the single best Christmas that they've ever had. That sounds amazing. That does yeah. sound amazing. Everyone I, sang apart from me. I so think. I got stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've heard you sing in the car as well. I would thought you'd be right, right up there. In the car, it's fine. In the shower, it's fine. In front of all of your nearest and dearest, I've got quite a, a large and varied musical taste, but the songs that I tend to know the words to, they won't. So yeah. I'm going to be left square on my own singing a song in a room full of people that are just looking at me, burning holes in me, waiting for that three and a half minutes to fucking finish so they can go back to singing Frozen songs or something. I have absolutely no idea why I've just got in my head you singing Outside by Stained. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know that's a really, like... Weird reference, but I can just imagine you that being your karaoke song. Yeah, either that or some form of tenacious D. And I'm just, you know, pulling my top off, jumping on the table, kicking plates everywhere, and everyone's looking at me in absolute disgust. Like this guy's pissed. Get him on. <laughs> it wasn't even this song. It's, it's this is just a tribute. Hey, I see what you did there. You see what I did? There we go. One for yeah. The- well, I think our Christmas is going to be slightly different this year. I think we're, we've already said that we're on the beg for leftovers and we'll probably have cocktail sticks in our eyes by by Christmas Day. However, this is the first Christmas, I think, ever that I get a full, like, good amount of time off work. We close on the 23rd and we don't open back up until the 4th, which is something that's never ever happened to me before working in you know social care and then retail jobs as well so yeah so that's going to be different for me i, I, I might be able to sleep a little bit there's like, no sleep for you this christmas there isn't 
Well, on that note, I don't think there's much else to say other than we'll stop waffling and happy fucking Christmas, everyone. Stay, stay safe, everyone. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, all right, all. See you later, everyone. Bye. See you later.